ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. I'm Jeremy. I'm Adele. Hi, Adele. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> How are it's you? It's not like we haven't seen each other. <laughs> well, since COVID, I think we haven't not seen each other. We spent, what, two days apart? <laughs> no, like three weeks. When I went to Montreal in the fall. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that before I came lot. to join you. Yeah. Almost three weeks, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, for the <laughs> over a year, we haven't spent any time apart. Yeah, join at the hip. Any time. <laughs> Just kidding. Luckily, we love each other. So there's that. Mm-hmm. There's that. So what's new? Mm-hmm. Well, what's not new is that the weather is still crazy. Yep. So again, it was like close to 20 degrees. Then the next morning, I had to wake up really early to go to work. Had to brush snow off the car. Yeah. And it was cold and rainy and snowy and yeah. almost hailing oh, for yeah. two days like just constant the whole day and that's kind of weird for calgary because the weather does change super quickly day to day but also during the day it's very common for it to be sunny then rain then possibly snow and then sunny again but yeah those two days were just pure just gloom yeah, yeah we didn't see the sun for two days and that was weird and now for now the past two days now so yesterday and today it's sunny again it's beautiful and yeah the grass is super green people are mowing their lawns and it's just okay yeah it's just you know no wonder people get sick in calgary just like for the regular flu or cold because the weather just goes up and down like that. And yeah, yeah, you don't change your tires here, your winter tires on your car until June because <laughs> yeah. you can still get a snowfall even though you've been tanning in your backyard in your bikini one day. It, it's crazy. It's true. And and you're right. Like I needed my snow tires. I still have them on and I needed them to go to work two, three days ago. Yeah. It's insane. So that's what's not new. Yep. You're welcome for that. <laughs> Um, I mean, the other new thing, I mean, last time I just went on a rant, um, but there's a bit more hope now in the sense that in Alberta, because we're hit so hard with COVID, um, they've pretty much just opened up the eligibility to almost everyone. So if you're 12 years or older, you can get the vaccine and that's Pfizer and Moderna in Alberta. So like, everyone pretty much can get it you can call in and book yeah the appointments now are kind of sparse but at the same time you're eligible so if you want to go to the pharmacy down the street and they have an appointment for you that day boom you can get vaccinated yeah and um it's crazy lots of people are getting vaccinated um i was actually at the one of the major vaccination um spots yesterday in calgary and it was busy 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 right up until the end so it's People are getting the vaccine. It's good. Yeah. And the phone lines are super busy too. Like people want to get vaccinated, which is also good. They get frustrated a little bit when they can't get it like the next day, which is annoying when you're on the phone with them. But at the same time, it shows that people just want to get vaccinated. Yeah, Most people just want to get immunized. They want their first dose because they quickly want their second dose. They want it all over with. They want to be able to just move on from covid exactly so let's go back to our our real lives right yeah so that's like um quite you know the good the good news and obviously we're still a few months away from any kind of normalcy but you know 
if everyone can get vaccinated and it's the th- same, I think I saw in Ontario, it's the same 12 and over. Yeah, it could. I'm not sure, but it could be. Yeah, Because Ontario is also being hit hard. Yeah. Quebec is probably going to be the same. I think Quebec is around 18 at least. If not, it's around 30 for now. And it's soon going to be because obviously they're making it open for the areas that are hit very hard. So like New Brunswick is still like 40 or over or something like that. Like so my friend in New Brunswick, who's co-host of the Here's To It podcast, we haven't released yet, but that's coming. Don't worry. Uh, he just told me, oh yeah, he was eligible yesterday. So he booked his appointment and I was like, ha ha ha, it's 12 or over here in Alberta. And he's like, yeah, but how many cases do we have in New Brunswick? There's like a handful and they know it's all centered like in one area. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, it's good that it's open for eligibility, but it's also because like it's been so bad in, in Alberta and Ontario and Quebec, obviously those are populous areas yeah so not super surprising but also like the restrictions anyways we've talked about that before but there's hope people are going to get vaccinated people want to get vaccinated and you know if you look on the news too um it seems that as soon as people can get their first doses the spacing for the second dose may get shortened yeah so right now in canada it's four months 16 weeks yeah so that's quite a long time a lot of people are not happy about that understandably because you know four months is it's still like extending everybody's vaccine and it just extends everybody to get fully immunized so you know if if people only get vaccinated let's say in june their first dose and they have to wait another four months that's a long time you know we're going into the fall now and yeah that's not super great um but, uh, you know, we're hoping that uh, the the spacing does get shortened and that we we can, let's say, make it even three months, two months. Hopefully, maybe they'll just space it out as they were doing for the first dose. So let's say if you're born uh, this year or whatever and you have received your first dose, there you go. You can receive your second dose yeah. kind of thing. So who knows what they're going to do, but it seems as though when the first dose rollout is kind of complete, then they can shorten the the spacing, which is kind of really nice. And I really hope that happens. And we're currently almost mid-May, pretty much mid-May now. So maybe by June, we're going to have an announcement of like, okay, a month or two spacing. Let's let's get everyone vaccinated by the end of summer, like fully vaccinated. Yeah. And it, it, it all depends on the numbers. How many vaccines, how many doses can we get, right? And then, of course, your second dose has to be the same manufacturer as the first dose. So there's little complications. But, hey, U.S., keep sending up those doses. Uh, We got a message from Tom, uh, from listener Tom, who's telling us, yeah, in Washington, D.C., there's people like who work at the pharmacies who are outside trying to get people to come in and get like take the vaccine because, you know, they've got the doses, but nobody like they're all vaccinated already. So all of those unused doses, send them up to Canada. Don't thaw them. Send them to Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I've said that to my mom several times that, you know, if they get vaccinated, if they get everyone vaccinated in the United States, then then great for them. But then they can start making the vaccines for us and just sending them across the border. So, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, they're vaccinated and they're 100% back to normal and we're not. But if they're fully vaccinated, they don't need their vaccines. They'll just send them to us. Exactly. Obviously, it doesn't really work that way. But, you know, it is hope. Yeah. 
All right. Do you want to get into the meat of this week's episode? Yeah, I have no idea what Jeremy has prepared. I'm guessing it's an incident, but he hasn't really told me anything. It's not an incident. He says with a smirk. <laughs> and an evil laugh. <laughs> no, it was funny because it's like old school radio show. He says with a smirk. It's like we're doing a radio broadcast. <laughs> but you did smirk. I was smiling. It was not a smirk. And you laughed evilly. Okay, today we're going to have a discussion on the future of air travel. Okay. So some of the references I used uh, in my research were cntraveler.com, airbus.com, nasa.gov, inverse.com, spacex.com, boeing.com, and of course, wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) .com. No, it's .org. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first, let's talk about the future of commercial aircraft. So modern aircraft such as the Airbus 350 and the Boeing 787 are great. We've both flown the 787. We love it. It's great. Um, They're far more efficient than their predecessors and offer a more comfortable ride too. So what's coming in the future? Well, let's start with Airbus. They have some concept aircraft they have planned, including a series called Zero E. This is a fleet of hydrogen-fueled aircraft with zero emissions. These planes would carry up to about 200 passengers with a maximum range of 2,000 nautical miles. There was three different planes within this series. I'm just going with the maximum here. So 200 nautical miles, that would be like Calgary to almost Halifax with zero emissions. Now Airbus predicts that they can have these aircrafts out in about 2035. Cool. I'm at, that's, that's amazing. Zero emission aircraft, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Boeing and what they have on the horizon. So Boeing has been working on the 777X since 2013. So what's the 777X? Is it just another 777? Well, you know how when the 787 came out, it had those wings that sort of flex up and it's, it just creates a more efficient way to get to higher altitude quicker? Well, now the 777X is basically the 777, but with those same wings as the 787 that flex. Uh, they've been working on this, like I said, since 2013, and they're expected to deliver in late 2023. They have notable airlines that have pre-orders, and that includes um, ANA, uh, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Lufthansa, Emirates, Etihad, Qatar, and Singapore Airlines. Uh, two models of the aircraft show it can hold 328 passengers for the Dash 8 model and 426 passengers for the Dash 9, and it can have a range of up to 16,170 kilometers. How far is that? Toronto to Sydney, Australia with room to spare. Oh my god. Crazy, eh? Poor cabin crew. <laughs> Poor cabin crew, yeah. That's a long flight. Yep. In in hours, yeah. But I'm I'm guessing that if there's like that much space for passengers, you're going to have more crew and then more time to rest as well. So well, you can I- easily more easily rotate the crew rests yeah. during the flight. So now the the Boeing 777-200LR, uh, which is the longer range version, it can currently do that route. It could go Toronto to Sydney. But I mean, depending on airlines and contracts, you know, we don't really have crews that can fly for that many hours straight. Um, but the 777X will just be able to do it more efficiently. The next company I'm going to talk about is called Boom. Best name ever. I love it. And their aircraft is called the Supersonic. So it's a Denver startup and it's resurrecting the idea of the Concorde and bringing it back. Hmm. They're going to start with a 55 seater that would be able to fly at Mach 2.2. It's estimated to fly from Tokyo to San Francisco in less than six hours. Now, currently, it takes about 9.5 hours uh, on a Boeing 787. 
the Concorde fell short because it used the same amount of fuel as a 747 for the same route, but carrying a fraction of the passengers. So will the boom supersonic be affordable? It's expected to start flying commercially at about 2030. So this brings us to the major topic of what I want to talk about today, Starship. Jeremy has a huge smile on his face because he loves Elon Musk. My next line, I know what you're thinking. You know I'm a fan of Elon Musk and Tesla, literally. Uh, we know SpaceX has reinvented how rockets are used as they now blast off a rocket, the Falcon Heavy or the Falcon 9, and then it comes back down and lands so it can be reused. A few quick notes here. In the past week or so, SpaceX has reused the same Falcon 9 for a record 10th time. So they've reused that one rocket 10 times. They also successfully landed the first Starship. So the prototype known as SN15 or serial number 15 ascended to approximately 10 kilometers in altitude with its three Raptor engines cutting out one by one before performing its belly flop maneuver during its descent and then two Raptor engines reigniting the Starship then tilted back upright and successfully touched down on its landing legs. So why is this significant? Isn't the Starship being built to go to Mars? Yeah, but it's also being built for more. So SpaceX recently won the bid for manned missions to the moon using Starship as the vessel. Although Jeff Bezos' company Blue Origin is disputing this, it still looks like SpaceX will be keeping the contract. So the main goal for Starship is to achieve manned flights to Mars and to start building a colony there. But in the meantime, SpaceX needs to make money. It's currently launching waves of satellites that stay in low Earth orbit and provide high-speed internet to those in rural areas for a decent price. That's called Starlink. This is one way that SpaceX is making money, but let me share with you another possible plan. So Starship is a 50 meter tall uh, vessel and can carry an incredible amount of mass. It's estimated to be able to send 1,000 passengers to join any two cities on Earth in under 40 minutes. So think about New York to Shanghai. 39 minutes. Yeah, but when is that going to be possible? We'll get into that in a second. Mm -hmm. But think of it this way as well. This is not a luxurious, comfortable ride. Rather, you're being blasted by a number of rocket engines to the edge of space at speeds approaching Mach 20 or, you know, 25,000 kilometers per hour before coming to a landing on a sea-based launch pad. Now, Elon Musk stated in 2019 that it would dramatically improve cost, complexity, and ease of operations. And in 2020, Musk estimated that Earth-to-Earth test flights could begin as early as 2022. So essentially, if you're a passenger on that flight, you're just kind of going through a high-speed roller coaster for 39 minutes, holding on for dear life. (laughs) Holding on for dear life. But New York, literally New York to Shanghai in 39 minutes, that's what the estimate would be. Well, yeah, that's pretty awesome. But you'd have to make it a little bit more comfortable, I'm sure. And how much would it cost per person? You're psychic, okay? (laughs) Because my next line is, how much would a flight from New York to Shanghai cost? So it's estimated that launching and reusing the Starship will cost on average $1 million per launch. So with a capacity of 1,000 passengers and other revenue sources such as cargo, the early estimates would be about $1,200 US for a one-way trip. 39 minutes. Well, yeah, that's not that's not bad at all because that would pretty much be the cost of your flight anyway. 
from New York to Shanghai, you're talking in the thousands. And then if you're yeah, talking but for business one, class. Yeah, but for one way, so two ways, it's like 2,500. Yeah. But that's it's also, normal. It's also a 39-minute flight. Well, yes, I know. That's, that's the main kicker, right? It's the speed. No pilots, no flight attendants, just strapped in a seat for 30, 39 minutes. But are you actually in a rocket? Yes. Like you're like this. So where are you sitting? Well, they, they would have to modify it for passenger seats. <laughs> yeah. And they said they would have a thousand seats. Um, and it would it's not gonna be comfortable. You're not gonna be you're not gonna have a big luxurious suite. You're not gonna get served several meals throughout the flight. No. You're strapped to a seat for thirty nine minutes to go from point A to point B, period. And where's your luggage? There's other compartments that they would have for luggage. It can carry quite an a, an incredible amount of mass. So SpaceX has already purchased several decommissioned sea-based mobile oil rigs. A lot of people are like, why is Elon Musk buying oil rigs? That doesn't make sense. But it's assumed that those are going to be converted into launch pads for the Starship program. So what does this all mean for aviation? Are Starships taking over? Is this the end of airplanes as we know them? No, no definitely not. Of course not. So although Starship may provide a faster way to go long distances, it's not going to be for everybody. Many are going to enjoy the safety and comforts available in current airliners. Now, Starship SN15 was the first in a series of test flights to successfully land. I'll just go over the, the high altitude ones that, the, that they've done so far that all went. Well, SN8 went to about 12 and a half kilometers. The rest went to about 10 kilometers. So SN8 and SN9, they crashed. They came back down. They did the belly flop, but they came in too hot, hit the landing pad and crashed and exploded. No big deal. SN10 did the, everything, did its belly flop, did the landing, and it landed. But it landed kind of hard. It damaged the landing legs uh, and then there was a little bit of a fire so as everyone's watching like oh my goodness they did it it landed eight minutes later it exploded sn11 this one had a malfunction in the air and it exploded in the air raining debris down onto the launch pad area so the problem spacex now has is that one of their launch pads is occupied with sn15 it's a good problem to have because it landed successfully and then they're like oh well, we weren't really expecting that, but now we have this intact aircraft and we can use all of the data uh, from this intact Starship and we can, continue, we can continue to progress the missions. Now, at its peak, the way uh, Starship is designed, SpaceX will have the ability to build two per week at a cost of about $5 million each. You compare that with, uh, let's say, an Airbus 380 costs like $280 million dollars. They can bang these out two a week at $5 million each. It's crazy. Now, of course, many of those are going to be used for lunar missions and cargo missions to Mars before the manned flights to Mars. But consider this. Earth-to-Earth -Earth travel can provide revenue to SpaceX long before Starship flights to Mars. So imagine a fleet of Starships able to take you anywhere in the world in less than an hour. You have a lunch meeting in Australia? No problem. I'll be home for dinner. You have a presentation that you have to get to in Europe? Last minute? I'll see you in a few hours. And the list goes on. So we're on the brink of a major paradigm shift when it comes to air travel. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen in our lifetime. Do you think we're ready? I don't think we're ready. We're you, not ready for the jelly. I don't think you're ready. For, oh, copyright. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, some people still want the luxury and still like, you know, it's the reason people will still um travel by train because it's it's comfortable you know you, you know it'll take a few hours so you can just 
see the scenery and things like that and you know just chillax um especially in, in north america like trains in in europe or asia are different they're actually like properly done well, for the, the high-speed trains yeah or like it's, easy and convenient travel we don't have that in north america unfortunately no. but we have like that train that goes through the rocky mountains it's more like of a tourist thing but that's you know super I would nice love to do that yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i mean as long as it's not another concord thing that lasts what a few years and then well, disappears the, the concord lasted for a good 25 plus years but again it was like at at the peak of Concord, it had several different routes, but at the end of its lifetime, it was like London or Paris to San Francisco or New York or some other like random flights. But, you know, at its end, there was only 30 pilots that could even fly it. And they had one crash and that was basically the end of Concord as we know it. Hmm. So what do you think? Would you fly on a starship? I'd have to think about it. And uh, of course, like everyone is probably worried and they're listening like, oh, but, you know, they've all crashed except for one so far. Well, but that's that's the plan. Like they're, yeah, they're testing it. Of course, like yeah. I wouldn't get on it today. Yeah, that's a definite no. But in 10, 20, 30 years, maybe. Well, and like with SpaceX, they crashed so many rockets before they were successfully able to land them. And now they send one up every couple of weeks and you know, the boosters come back down and land and they land right on the X. Like it, it's, it's incredible the precision that they have and what they've been able to accomplish. And I, one of the interviews I saw with Elon Musk when they're asking him like, so you want to land rockets back? And he goes, well, think about it. If you threw $6 million up in the air and you, you're just going to let it go. Or would you try to catch it when it comes back down? He's like, I think we should catch it. And he's right. You know, he's done a lot of things to better humanity with Tesla's being such safe cars with uh, Starlink, which now provides, you know, I think they have up to a thousand users right now, but they provide a cheap alternative to land-based internet. So like we were talking to to Zoe in Pond Inlet and, and uh, she was saying, yeah, they have a limit of how much internet they can use before they get charged an incredible amount of money. Well, now with Starlink, you know, you could put one on the house there, cost you $99 US a month, so like 100 and change, and you get high-speed internet anywhere in the world. Like, that's that's a game changer right there. That's going to provide some revenue for SpaceX. But now, you know, Elon, and he was just on uh, Saturday Night Live this past weekend, which was, I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was really good. Um you know, he wants he wants to uh, colonize Mars, which is great. People have wanted to do that for years, but he's actually taking the steps to do it. That's why they're going through every month. We have another Starship test launch, and it's it's incredible. And I think Starship for Earth-to-Earth transport is going to happen. It's obviously going to start probably with cargo first, and then eventually put a cabin in there and be able to send people from one spot to the other in under an hour, any two places on Earth. Well, that's kind of insane. It's like, you know, the Jetsons and their their flying aircrafts and cars and stuff. We're almost there. We're almost there. It's in our lifetime. Uh, There was a commercial, actually, and it was, I think, a Volkswagen commercial. I could be wrong, but uh, it showed, like, how quiet electric vehicles are. And 
it was the child sleeping in the back seat and the car moving, but not creating any noise. And then the mother looks at the camera and was like, this kid's not going to know about gas powered cars. He's only ever going to see electric. Yeah. And that's, that's good for the earth. So it's all good news. Yep. Anyway, so everybody out there, uh, first, we're going to ask you to go buy a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, go buy a Tesla. <laughs> buy us a Tesla. Um, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, well, actually, if you could go on to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever, go give us a rate and review. Um, hopefully, you'll rate it well. And come on to our Instagram and comment on uh, on things. Tell us what you think about the, the future of air travel. Do you think Starship's going to be a viable option? To connect any two places on Earth? It seems like it'll be an affordable option. So would you do it? Would you take a starship? We should post a poll on the Instagram as well. Agreed. Probably do it tomorrow the next day. When this comes out. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up for today? No. I mean, we, I have to go soon. So. <laughs> okay. Well, how's Roxy doing? She's cute. That's what she's doing. She's passed out in your arms and it's very cute. All right. Well, everybody out there, if you are traveling, we do ask that you be nice to your flight attendants. Because they might have to save your butt one day. All right, everyone. Let us know what you think. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram at Mod Turbulence on Twitter and follow us individually on Instagram at HuffyJ and at La Delvi. Thank you.